Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Brew House Podcast. My name is John Hass, uh, the creator of the Brew House Podcast. The Brew House Podcast, um, I decided to create it. It's a technology podcast, even though um, it's generally recorded in my brew house today. I'm sitting here at the lake uh, with my family. They're all in bed. It's 6.30 in the morning. So in true dad fashion, I woke up early, decided to create this first podcast, which is actually the second podcast because I uh, when I first started, I made a how-to video about how to get your coins off of the exchanges and, and such, and I kind of decided that I'm not a very good I'm not very good at tutorials, so why not just talk about the stuff? And you know, there's lots of resources out there to learn about how to take coins off of exchanges and how to deal with that stuff. But anyways, the Brew House is a podcast about technology. Um, Today we're going to focus a lot on Bitcoin and crypto, but it won't always be about that. And we're going to talk a little more bit about um, the virtual uh, power plants in uh, California and Texas that Tesla's putting together. Um, we're also going to talk about how nobody wants to work on Fridays and how this is some type of revelation that people are having. So with that, I think let's get started. So on... Basically on Friday, news started breaking that uh, Coinbase, the, the very large U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchange, uh, was shutting down their affiliate program. Uh, where I think I think the affiliate program was paying ten dollars a sign up for anyone that you could get signed up um, for the platform, and they just abruptly shut it down, stating that they're going to be making changes to the affiliate program. There's also rumblings that Coinbase is going to be getting rid of Coinbase Pro. So if you don't know much about Coinbase, there's actually two sides to it. There's the regular easy to use. I want to. I just want to buy Bitcoin. I want to buy it at market price, or I want to sell Bitcoin and I just want to sell it at market price. There's also Coinbase Pro, which allows you to um, play the market a little more. Uh, you can set limit orders, that type of thing. Um, so shutting down Coinbase Pro is kind of a pretty big revelation, I think. Um, for the liquidity of of Coinbase, because Coinbase has stated publicly that if there was a liquidity problem, that your crypto was not safe. So my encouragement to everyone out there is to get your Bitcoin off the exchanges, get any of your coins off the exchanges that aren't a staked coin. And if they are a staked coin, figure out if there's a different way you can stake it. A lot of these coins have the ability to stake um, via a client on a computer that you own the you own the private keys, make a good backup of the wallet dat file, and just run it yourself. It's possible to do. It's not hard to do. Um, in fact, if you're into crypto, it's kind of fun to do because you get to watch the stakes roll into your wallet. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. Um, I'm big into economy coins, which we'll talk about um, in, in another episode. Yield nodes, those type of things. Uh, I enjoy them. It's it's fun, but I but I run the clients on my own computers, and I can watch the coins come in. I can send the coins. I don't have to wait. Um, I did a big buy a few months ago on um, on Coinbase, and then I go to withdraw the Bitcoin, and it told me that I had to wait like seven days or something, and that's craziness. It's my coin. I bought it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make sure that you um, actually you know haven't stolen the money. And because once you've withdraw Bitcoin, there's no getting it back. So I think it's important that uh, everyone out there goes and they they pick up a ledger, they pick up a metal wallet, 
Uh, and I'll have a link to all that in the show description. It's an affiliate link, so if you click it, I make a I make a buck or two. But that's not important to me. What's important to me, you can Google Ledger if you want to and buy the one you want, the Nano S Plus, which is a USB-based model. And then there's the uh, Ledger Nano X, which is the Bluetooth model, which is the model I personally use because I can use it with my cell phone. Um, I, have an, I have an iPhone. I, I think the Nano S works with uh, Android but I don't know that for sure. So the X is your safe bet just because it's Bluetooth. So, and, 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 and again, I, I recommend getting your coins off of all the exchanges. If they're just sitting there because you want to you wanna hold Bitcoin or you want to hold Ethereum or, or any of that, why not hold it in a place where you can control the private keys and the liquidity of the exchange? It doesn't matter to you. Um, if, if you're actively trading the coin, fine, leave it on the exchange, um, because you're, you're using it in, in the, in the context of trading. So, uh, I guess that's, that's my words on that. Just get your coins off of all the exchanges, remove them, um, from Coinbase, especially because I don't know where things are going from there, from here with, with Coinbase. Uh, here's another one. Long-term Bitcoin holders did not sell amid the market crash. Um, this is actually research from Coinbase. And, and I, f I find this interesting. Be I've been in crypto since um, 2010. I, I read a Slashdot article. And uh, so I didn't buy Bitcoin. I, I'm a tech guy. So I'm more interested in like how things work and whatever. So I started mining uh, Bitcoin. And so I wish I would have just bought. But instead, I spent money on... Uh, the what was the first stuff the FPGAs I bought we bought some FPGAs and uh, uh, did CPU mining and then when ASICs came out we were pretty big into the ASICs game and then well big and, and not big in today's world uh, GPUs we did GPUs as well we had an office building in Spencer and uh, we uh, the thermostat for the entire office building was in our office and I had all those computers and ASICs and everything running and then I drilled a hole in the floor and I ran an extension cord down to the next floor to get on a different circuit breaker the whole building was like 60 degrees all the time except for our office which was 90 it was middle of winter and uh, all of our windows were open and the roof we were on the second floor the roof above us had no snow on it but everyone else did so but I digress uh, Long-term Bitcoin holders did not sell amid the market crash. So anybody that's been through the 20,000 to I think 5,000 debacle a few years ago learned that we hold, we hold coins now. We don't, we don't panic sell. I mean, there always are some, and a lot of them are computers that are, that are selling them. Uh, and that's fine. I, you know, it, you'll never hear me say that it's not okay to take profit, but what you should never do is panic sell. And, um, I think people are learning that and they're learning that the stuff comes back around and right now people are using it as a hedge against inflation. I don't know if that's a smart thing. I'm not a money guy. I don't give money advice, uh, but it's just interesting to read that most people didn't sell their coins in panic selling like, like the first 20,000 to 5,000 drop. And, of course, everyone in the Bitcoin industry will tell you that uh, uh, that if you zoom out on the graph, we're still way higher than what we were a few years ago. 
what else we got here? Ah, yeah. So, in the United States, uh, they're looking to try to regulate Bitcoin. And um, the Treasury Department actually put out a, um, I guess I guess it would be a NPRM, looking for public uh, insight into the bill that they're suggesting or what they're suggesting to do to regulate cryptocurrency. Am I a fan of this? Uh, I don't know. In my opinion, you know, Bitcoin is all is all about liberation and freedom and and um, not trusting banks. You know, becoming your own bank, that kind of thing. And so any type of regulation, I believe, is probably bad. However, um, just like in stocks, there are some people that win big. And some. And in order to win big, people have to lose big or a lot of people have to lose small. So I think that some level of regulation might be okay to help protect the people that maybe don't understand what they're doing when they trade the coins or when uh, we run up, we run a small MSP where we help customers and home users um, deal with computer issues and network issues and that type of thing. And the number of crypto scams I've seen lately that people are falling for um, are pretty high. So to, to help the exchanges, um, sorry, sprinklers next to me turning on, uh, to help the exchanges more regulate how people um, insert, you know, add cash to the platform sell it for crypto and withdraw it i think that uh it's important i think that, i think that that would be the reason that uh you would you would it would be okay to regulate it um it is interesting you know the government is calling it a digital asset so it's not just a it's not just a internet money thing to them it's a they're they're considering it like holding gold or or silver or i guess a car or a house it's an asset right and of course, it'll all lead to how they're going to tax it. Um, maybe, maybe you know, part of what they're looking for here is is how do we do? People think that businesses are going to use Bitcoin or the blockchain or Ethereum or any type of crypto asset. Um, I mean, what else? They want to talk about the benefits of uh, decentralized or disintermediated systems creation of new financial products and contracts uh, that probably specifically talks to Ethereum um, potential for approved access to greater ease of financial products potential for potential opportunities for building wealth potential benefits of interacting with counterparties suppliers vendors I don't know uh, general risk in digital assets again talking about Ethereum smart contract design and security settlement and custody uh, jurisdictional and legal conditions and then risk to consumers this is what i was kind of talking about earlier frauds and scams losses due to theft losses of private keys which brings me back to the first thing we was i was talking about uh with getting your money off of the exchanges and using a ledger wallet please make sure that you write down your seed phrases um like i suggested a metal um where you actually will imprint your your seed phrase on a piece of metal Keep it in a bank safe deposit box. Keep it in a lockbox at home. Keep it in your parents' lockbox, or keep a lockbox at your parents' or somebody's, some other place that only you have access to, but um, can hold your keys in case something happens to the, your main cold cold storage. So, I mean, that pretty much covers the government wanting to regulate Bitcoin and regulate crypto just in general. So, the long-awaited Ethereum merge. 
has a date, I believe again. <laughs> so the, the new date's set to September 19th where it flips to proof of stake. Um, proof of stake is essentially holding a certain amount of cryptocurrency for Ethereum's case is essentially holding a certain amount of cryptocurrency. Um, and with when you, I think, it, and I think it's 32 uh, ETH. If you're holding 32 ETH and your wallet is staking, uh, randomly you'll be a block winner when a block is generated. Now, proof of stake is not a new technology. Um, proof of stake was, I guess, the granddaddy of proof of stake was the coin Dash. Um, Dash started off as a, not Quark, I can't remember the name of the, the initial mining algorithm, but it, it, then now it eventually, I think it's still dual mine. I don't know that for a hundred percent, but basically you can mine it, but you will, but you can also proof of stake it. Their proof of stake is a little bit different. It doesn't require so many, like a certain number of stake, uh, staked coins. It just provides, if you have, if you have coins that are staked, you sometimes might win a block. Now, the more coins you have staked, the more opportunity you have to win a stake. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't researched a ton of about Ethereum's proof of stake. What I'm more interested in seeing is, you know, there's a ton, there's, there's a huge market with those GPUs and all of that that Ethereum has. And I, I did see an advertisement yesterday for an E9, which is an ASICs-based um, Ethereum miner, which I talked to a buddy of mine who does gpu mining and he said that he thinks that the asics will just rule the world and which is which happened when bitcoin switched from gpu to ethereum mining so it's totally possible that he's right but what what makes me wonder is it sounds to me like when when ethereum flips to proof of stake they're going to completely eliminate the the mining aspect so what's going to happen to all of those ethereum miners are they are they going to just sell their GPUs and their huge warehouses full of GPUs and, and cooling systems and all of that. Are they just going to sell them and walk away? Or are they going to switch to another coin? Uh, if you'll remember, ETH, and, um, ETH is not the original coin. Uh, it's a forked version of what, what is now ETC. And what happened was is there was a very large hack and a bunch of coins were stolen and controversially the the developers of ethereum decided to roll back the changes or the basically the whole crime and fork ethereum this was towards the beginning of ethereum's life and um that's what that's what caused the etc ETH split so etc is still as if the hack happened and the how however many coins were stolen however much money worth of coins were stolen you know i have a feeling that people will the gpu guys will start trading in etc and just leave eth in the dust and drive the price of etc up and potentially the price of eth down but that's just speculation uh i think i got one more um cryptocurrency related news article uh so russia is going to ban crypto payments which is interesting I, I know that um, part of part of what's going on over there is they want to try to increase the price of the Russian ruble and um, a lot of people when the rubles price was falling decided to use 
Bitcoin as a hedge against the ruble, which it doesn't appear that it makes this law, it doesn't appear to make that illegal. It appears to make, like, you can't go to the grocery store and buy your groceries in Bitcoin, which I doubt most people were doing anyway. Uh, it also doesn't ban trading Bitcoin for the Russian ruble. Uh, it specifically bans this acceptance of digital financial assets as a consideration for transfers goods, performed works, rendered service, as well as any other way that allows one to assume payment for goods. So I don't really know how much this really does anything to the crypto market in Russia because I, I don't know how many stores or anything like that actually took Bitcoin. So anyways, it's interesting. Okay, here's another. Here's a, here's an interesting one. The uh, Tesla Powerwall, and I didn't know this until the other day, but they have what's called a virtual power plant. So if you have Tesla batteries or on your on your wall in your garage or whatever, and you've got uh, Tesla solar panels charging the batteries during high demand uh, peak power times in uh, in California, PG&E can request power from your power walls, and in return. They will pay you two dollars a kilowatt hour, which is crazy. Here in Iowa, we pay. Well, it depends on the provider you're on, but if you're on the local provider, I think you pay five to six cents. Um, if you're on Alliant, which is a bigger company, you'll pay thirteen to fourteen cents. If you're on Iowa Lakes Electric Co-op, you'll pay anywhere from eight to ten cents, depending on demand charges. So two dollars a kilowatt hour is crazy. Um, I don't know how often PG&E will pull, but they estimate that the uh, Tesla's virtual power plant has roughly 13 megawatt load capacity, which I think is crazy. Uh, that's 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 a lot of power, and getting paid two dollars a kilowatt hour is is good. Now, I don't know either how big the actual power walls are, and. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a hundred bucks a month or something you could make because you know once they flip the switch and you start sending all your power back to the grid, um, it just drains it so fast that it doesn't matter, and you know you only make a hundred or two hundred dollars. But even then, at two dollars a kilowatt hour, you're probably, uh, well, you're probably already covering your power costs with the power walls while you're putting power back on the grid. So essentially, you are getting paid two dollars a kilowatt hour, which is cool. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's neat. I think that anytime the people can control uh, grids and things like that is a good thing. Uh, this one comes from the uh, the I can't believe you actually did a study on this, but uh, the Washington Post is reporting that nobody wants to be in the office on Fridays. <laughs> uh, I suppose I started my my professional working career when I was I think twenty. And uh, I'm 40 now, so 20 years in the working world. And uh, I can I can say that I've always thought I didn't want to be in the office on Fridays. I would rather go in on Saturday mornings than I would work on Fridays. Although I don't really want to go in on Saturday mornings either. <laughs> uh, so, but we'll will it make will it bring a big change? I know there's a few countries experimenting with the four-day work week. And I'm not opposed to that. As a business owner, even I'm not opposed to that. If, if especially if you know, my employees, um, 
their staff, any of that can get the work done in four days, why not have the extra day off? I don't see a problem with that at all. Well, that pretty much covers my news. Um, what else do I have here? Not much. So this probably won't always be the format of the show. Uh, I just wanted to get something out there. I want to learn how to use Podbean and all of that. Um, get my site set up and all that. And then I think after this, the shows will be much more organized. But yeah, I don't have much else to say today. I'm going to open my Red Bull, see how the uh, how it sounds. I've never used one of these blue mics before. And uh, see if I can get it uploaded and move on with my day. So I hope everyone out there has a good day. <laughs>